friends, welcome to the Sunday Sermon segment of We Need God. Please listen as Father Carrozza offers his homily for today, which was recorded live in St. Anne's Parish. I have never found much difference of opinion between most Christians over the meaning of Jesus' death and resurrection. Pretty much all Christians agree that Jesus died on the cross offering the sacrifice that you and I should have offered for our sins. But rather than making us do it, he said, no, I will offer the sacrifice for you. And by dying, he entered into the power of the devil, into his kingdom, into hell, and paved a way through it. And as he rose from the dead, he destroyed the power of death, so that now death is no longer the entrance into condemnation, the entrance into hell, but it's now the entrance into salvation, the entrance into heaven. And pretty much all Christians agree on that. But one place where many Christians do not agree is with what Jesus did the night before he died, what we celebrate here this evening, what he did at the Last Supper. There we find a lot of differences of opinion. When I was in college, I had some friends who were born-again Christians, fundamentalists, and uh, we got along very well, and I used to love to discuss things with them, not really debate. We more or less just discussed to know what each other understood. And in all of my discussions and anything I've read, I have never heard anyone, any Christian, deny that Jesus at the Last Supper changed bread and wine into his body and blood and gave it to the apostles to eat. Everyone has agreed with that. But what they don't agree with is that when we come to Mass now, that we are repeating that sacrifice and making it forever present so that Jesus is turning bread and wine at every Mass into his body and blood. Many Christians don't believe that. They feel that what we're doing here, or what they're doing, when they would have communion, is simply to eat bread and drink wine, to remember that Jesus, the night before he died, had his meal with his apostles, and gave them his body and blood as their food. But when we would get to that, I remember asking them at one point, I said, okay, I said, so you agree that Jesus turned bread and wine into his body and blood for his apostles? And they all said, yes. I said, okay, why did he do that? And they couldn't give me an answer. I asked them, I said, why did Jesus turn bread and wine into his body and blood and give it to the apostles to eat? They actually did not know what to say to me. So I let them off the hook a little bit and I said, does it make sense to you to say that the reason he did that would be so that they could feed on his flesh and blood and therefore he would be in them and they would be with him. That he was drawing them into himself, making their bodies part of his body so that the next day when he was on the cross, they would be there with him. Even though they had run away and Peter was out crying and only John, the, the youngest of them all, was actually at the foot of the cross. They still were with him on the cross, suffering with him, dying with him, and rising with him in his body. Does that make sense to you? And they all said, yeah, you know, that makes perfect sense. I said, okay, but why then would Jesus give it only to 11 of the disciples? Judas, by this point, had already left. I said, did Jesus come to save only 11 people? Is that all he died for? Or did he not die to save all of mankind? And they agreed, well, no, he came to save all of mankind. I said, okay, so then by what logic do we think that 
what Jesus did at the Last Supper was not meant to be repeated over and over again so that all people through all of time would be able to be with Jesus on the cross by receiving his body and blood as food. I said, remember especially the day of the resurrection on that afternoon, the story on the road to Emmaus where two of the disciples were walking along and they had heard that Jesus, stories that people had said they'd seen Jesus risen, the tomb was empty. And Jesus is walking along with them, but they don't recognize him. And then finally at the meal, he sat down with them, took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. And with that, their eyes were opened. Jesus vanished, but they ran the seven miles back to Jerusalem and told the apostles, we've seen Jesus, and we came to know him in the breaking of the bread. And I said, that's not an accident that St. Luke used those words to remind us that Jesus was telling them the day of the resurrection to remember to do what I have done over and over again. Is it conceivable that Jesus would have done it just the night before he died for the apostles, but not for us? No, we firmly believe that Every time we come to celebrate Mass, we are with the Lord. His Paschal mystery is replayed for us, His suffering, death, and resurrection over and over again. What we celebrate in these days of our Holy Triduum is actually celebrated every day. Every time the priest celebrates Mass, Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection are made present to us again for our benefit so that we can be with Christ on the cross again that we are part of him and our sins are forgiven and we are risen again over and over again. And sometimes some people ask us why as Catholics we talk about the Mass as a sacrifice and they say Jesus offered the once for all sacrifice for sin when he died on the cross. So how can you speak about another sacrifice? Well in one sense they're right. Jesus did offer the once for all sacrifice for sin. That's why we don't sacrifice lambs or bulls anymore. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. All of the sacrifices in the Old Testament, including the Passover, as the Jews left, or the Israelites left Egypt, which we hear about in our first reading today, and that Jesus gave the Eucharist in the context of the Passover when they were remembering that night. But all of those sacrifices prefigured what Jesus was going to do by giving us his own flesh and blood as our food. And so it's not another sacrifice we're celebrating, it's one and the same sacrifice. When we say the Lord said, do this in remembrance of me, the word remembrance in Greek is anamnesis. And that means a lot more than just bring to mind or remember. The word anamnesis means do this whenever you do it to make what I'm now doing forever present for you. So that every time you come, my death and resurrection will be real to you. As St. Paul had said, whenever you eat his flesh and drink his blood, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he returns in glory. I like to think of it as Jesus setting up a power strip through all of eternity, that every time we come to Mass, it's as if we're plugging in the plug into that power strip and receiving all the power of that over and over again. Yes, Jesus died just once for our sins, 2,000 years ago, when he died on the cross. But by giving us his body and blood as our food, not only the night before he died, but every time we come and celebrate Mass, he makes it forever present to us. That the Lord's salvation is always here for us. And just as the apostles, the night before he died, uh, received his body and blood and were with him on the cross, so we now, 
every time we receive the body and blood of the Lord, we are brought into Christ. We receive his flesh and blood so that we are with him on the cross. We are suffering with him, we are dying with him, and we are rising with him in an unbloody manner without the pain that Jesus experienced, but not without the real effects. And so it logically makes sense. Only the fact of the Eucharist perpetuating throughout eternity makes any sense of what Jesus did the night before he died. And remember Jesus said, when I am lifted up from the earth, then I will draw all men to myself. Not just the 11 apostles who received his body and blood the night before he died, but all men to himself. And how does he do that? By giving us his body and blood as our food. And we could talk for hour after hour after hour about the beautiful significance of that. Do you realize when we come to receive the Eucharist, we're actually taking God himself, Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We're taking God in our hands and receiving him. And God is entering us to bring us into total and complete union with him. And when you think about it, here we are today celebrating Mass on April the 1st, 2021. But we're also receiving the flesh of Christ, who was given first to the apostles at the Last Supper, at the first Mass, to his first priests, the eleven apostles that were there. So we're with the Lord back at the Last Supper, on the cross with him, and risen with him. But we're also receiving not the dead Christ hanging on the cross, but the risen Christ, already enthroned in heaven. And so that's how we say our altar is a foretaste of the Paschal Feast of Heaven. That we come, when we come to receive the Eucharist, we are receiving a foretaste of all the glory that God has prepared for us and will be ours completely in heaven. <clears throat> Past, present, and future come together in one moment. We are here on April 1st. We are also brought back to Calvary, or better, Calvary is brought to us here. And we are also for a moment with the Lord in glory in heaven already. It's as if we transcend time whenever we receive the Eucharist. That God is here already in his risen and glorified form, and we are with him. And every time we receive him in the Eucharist, he draws us to himself, he brings us into him. And as he said, when I am lifted from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. And that is how he does it, by his body and blood. And so, yes, it can take a lot of belief uh, and faith to believe that whenever a priest celebrates the, the Mass and says the words of Jesus at the Last Supper, that Jesus, through the power of the priest, is turning bread and wine into his body and blood. Yes, it does take faith to believe in that. And sometimes I've heard people say, you know, that's really hard to believe. And I can certainly understand that. But when they ask me that, I always ask this in return. I, say, I know it's hard to believe that Jesus actually turned bread and wine into his body and blood. But why is it better to believe that he only gave us a piece of bread? That what we're receiving here is not actually his body and blood, but just a piece of bread that remembers that Jesus the night before he died had a meal with his apostles. Why is that better than believing we're actually taking the flesh and blood of Jesus as our food? On the one hand, if it's just a piece of bread, well, we're remembering an event 2,000 years ago. But if it truly is his body and blood, we are participating with Christ over and over again in the sacrifice he offered for our sins. And by allowing us to eat his body and drink his blood, we are with him on the cross so that we have all the merits 
that Christ inherited by his death because we were there with him. We were on the cross with him 2,000 years ago. We suffered with him. We died with him. We rose with him. And now when we die, we can stand before the Father and say, Father, I pay back death for my sins because I was with Christ on the cross. And that's how he did the sacrifice for us. He didn't make us have to die on the cross, which by rights you and I should have done. He should have said to us, well, hey, you did the crime, you do the time. Any one of you who's willing to die on the cross, do that, that will pay back for your sins, and I'll let you into heaven. And it would have been perfectly fair if he said that. But he said, no, I won't make you do that. I will die on the cross. I will offer the sacrifice for your sins, and I will give you my body and blood as food to unite you with me, so that as I am hanging there on the cross, you will be there with me over and over again for your sins to be forgiven over and over again. So which is better, to remember that Jesus had a meal the night before he died, or to say that we're truly with Christ on the cross, suffering, dying, and rising again, over and over again. That Christ's sacrifice is a perpetual sacrifice for us to experience for the rest of our lives and for all mankind until Jesus returns in glory. When you think about it, that's the only belief that has any value for us. That and what a difference that makes. That we realize how sacred we are because when we come to receive the Eucharist, God himself has entered into us and made our bodies of his flesh. Do you realize what that means? It means that you and I are sacred, even more sacred than our tabernacle here that holds the Eucharist because the whole reason we keep the Eucharist in the tabernacle is so that we can receive it. And the most precious dwelling place of all, the place where Christ desires to dwell more than any other is inside your body and mind and my body and mind. He wants to be within us. He wants nothing less than to draw us into total and complete union with him. And that happens completely with our souls when they're in heaven and on the last day when Jesus returns in glory, when our perfected body and souls are with him in the new creation. That, my friends, is an awesome gift that the Lord gave to us the night before he died. And I'm convinced the reason why so many people don't come to church anymore is because they've lost sight of that. Maybe they've begun to believe that we're just receiving a piece of bread that remembers that Jesus had a meal the night before he died. And if that's all we're doing, well, who needs it? Think about it. If we're just coming here to remember that Jesus had a meal, who needs it? I'll take it another level. Uh, uh, Alice von Hildebrand, a famous uh, Catholic theologian, was talking about it with friends once, and they mentioned that the Eucharist is a symbol of what Jesus did, and she goes, if it's merely a symbol, if it's just a piece of bread, then to hell with it. I hope that, that may sound shocking, but that's exactly what she said. She says, if it's just a piece of bread, to hell with it. Who needs it? But if it is truly the body and blood of Christ, Oh, my friends, what a difference it is in our lives. You and I are sanctified. We are consecrated. We are made one with God through the Eucharist, that the Lord gave us his body and blood as our food, and even so that we didn't have to see it in a physical way, that if we were told to actually eat a piece of human flesh and drink some human blood, we would find that gross, cannibalistic. He even gave his body and blood to us in the form of food that we can eat very easily, in the form of bread and in the form of wine, but truly his body and blood as food for us. 
My dear friends, let us pray today that all the world will come to truly understand that all Christians will see the most tremendous gift that the Lord has given us, that it wasn't enough that he died on the cross for us to free us from our sins and rose from the dead, but that he even gave us his body and blood as our food so that now we can partake of him and we are with him on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. That Christ's sacrifice becomes our sacrifice every time we eat his flesh and drink his blood. For whenever we eat the flesh of the, blood of the Lord and drink his blood, we proclaim his death until he returns in glory. May Jesus Christ be praised, Amen. now and forever. Thank you for listening to this week's homily by Father Carrozza. If you enjoyed this homily, please pass the word on to your friends and invite them to listen. For more materials from Father Carrozza, please visit www.fathercarrozza.com.